0: I could give a f- about North Carolina right now.
1: This is the 5 Boy play Podcast. The diehard Duke basketball fans podcast. Now officially sponsored by the Duke Blue Brotherhood Forum. This is your one-stop shop for all the latest intel about the team. And we got a lot. Duke recruiting, we got a lot there too with a new addition. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot more to talk about, including the surprise of the day, the surprise of the week. You'll find AC and I there every single day, chopping it up. Come join us. Again, that's the Duke Blue Brotherhood Forum. A lot of action done. on there
0: right now, too. There's
1: a lot of action, and, and we're just going to kick it right off. Uh, AC, Thursday, it was not April Fool's. It was, we, we, thought, we thought the UNC basketball was trolling everybody, Uh But it was a hell of of an attempt in the wee hours of the morning uh, when Roy Williams announces that he is going to retire from the University of North Carolina men's basketball. And I have to say, you know, I don't know who talked to Roy. I don't know how he came to that decision. But Jimmy Crackcorn, I do not care. (laughs) Yeah, man. Like, look.
0: Matter of fact, like I'm, I'm gonna toast it right now because I got my, I got this, I got this. Scott sitting right here in front of me to toast to the oh, farewell yeah. of, of Roy Williams. Look, mm-hmm. Look, man, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> tastes good too. That tastes, that tastes good. That tastes delicious.
1: That tastes good. That tastes delicious. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Look, man, I, I respect the players. You know, I respect everybody in rivalry. I'm not gonna sit here and try to pretend though like i am some you know roy williams fan and have always beloved the guy no, no sir though no, I, I think no. you know what there's you know every coach has their flaws every person has their flaws but i'm count me as one of those who is not a fan of roy and i'm glad he's gone and quite honestly i hope that they hire the worst coach like i'm hearing a lot of people say oh i hope they hire a great coach so at the rival worst. look man I want my rivals to be as bad as possible. I'm sorry, like I don't, I don't need or want every Duke UNC game to be a last second shot. I'm I'm glad when they happen. And it's cool when it's on our side, not the other way around. But no, nah, thanks, man. I, I'm trying to beat Carolina by 30 every year, and I'm I'm glad he's gone because he he had him rolling. He had UNC rolling through the early 2000s, even in the in the 2010s. Obviously, they won uh, won a title. I I, I don't. I don't need them around. <laughs> I don't care about them, man. I hope they suck every year. So hopefully they hire uh, Hubert Davis and, and be done with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't even want to talk about uh, anything other than Roy at this point because um, you know I, 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 I mean I think we gotta get this out of the way. Uh, nine hundred and three wins, nine Final Fours, three national championships. Um, the guy's an all-time coach. He's a top ten coach of all time. Having said that, you know I, that's as nice as I'm gonna be. Yep. He is. He's, you know, and 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 I, I'm sure that the Marcus Pages and the Hunt and the Luke Mays and and all, and, and even the Paul Pierce's, um, I'm sure that they all love Roy, uh, and and I'm sure that uh, the other shade of blue um, reveres him like you know we do K, but um, I don't cheer for that kind of blue, and I'm cheering for the other one. So I'm gonna tell you the real Roy Williams, he is disingenuous. Uh, he, you know, when he goes with the all shucks, I, I, I'm so glad that I don't have to hear the all shucks, you know, garbage mm-hmm. anymore. His mm-hmm. press conferences are a joke, you know, and, and, and first of all, you know, I was listening to his press conference today, uh, you know, woe is me, it's all about, him. it's all oh, woe is me, and, and if, if you want, if if you're a Roy lover, like if you, if you sympathize with Roy and like you... You're thinking about how great of a coach he was, which he was. That's why. That's why we're so happy because mm-hmm. they're losing an all-timer. Exactly. Um, and, you know. So it's, like that. That. That's probably the best respect I can give him. Um, but let's not forget the fact that during that press conference, maybe only a few people could pick it out. But he was throwing his case from the last two years onto the bench. Yep. It was the oh, I'm not going to let injuries and stuff like that get make excuses. I'm not going to make the excuse. I'm not going to make the excuse of this. What did what did you hear? And you see, I heard a bunch I of excuses. I couldn't
0: I couldn't get them to do this. I couldn't get them to do that. Maybe it's me. Like he he would every time that he said that's 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 this is Roy for you. Every time he said something like that. Every time he was like, I, I couldn't get the players to do X. He followed it up, so it sounded really nice and genuine. At with right. like, maybe that's on me as a coach. Maybe I, I it's this is why I'm retiring because I can't. It's it, this is not the game for me anymore. It's like okay, you're right. Maybe it's not the game for you anymore. Cool. But it was the same thing with the De'Ron Sharp announcement when he was going to the, when he's announcing, he's going into the draft. It's, Oh, we could have, we could have made him better or whatever Roy said. You know, if he, if he stayed, we could have done this and that with him, but he he has to go and, and do his thing and NBA, whatever, you know, that whole, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but that whole thing, it was like, and you know, we're not the only ones who were saying it. Like a lot of people were saying the same thing online. So it's like, that's the thing when, when somebody retires or when somebody dies, suddenly they become a hero. And it's like, when, they, when you were around, nobody liked you. And that's how I feel about Roy. I didn't like him. So <laughs> yeah, when I he mean, was around, I didn't like him. So I'm not going to pretend right
1: now just because he's well, gone. A- and a- I loved a- him. A- like, nah, man. Well, things. one, yeah, when I die, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people at that funeral making sure that I'm still dead. Uh, and two, <laughs> <laughs> and they want to make sure it's real. And, uh-huh. two, and two, it's not like the guy died. He right. didn't die. And I mean, if he did. I'm you know, sorry. I feel the same yeah, way. Whatever. Like you know, I'm as not, a fan,
0: like, I'm feeling the same way. I get it. Like I get it. Like you know, people have to do what they want. That's the thing. Do you? Do you Playboy? Like they got to do what they want to do. So I'm going to do what I have to do, which is stay true to myself and say that g- good. Good job, coaching. Good job getting through the last you know 48 years in in basketball and 30 some odd years as a coach with you know a fast point guard and and a bruiser down low who's going to throw elbows and get every rebound for you because that's your system and that's what made you thrive when you didn't have it you sucked sorry it is what it is and let's move forward
1: <laughs> you know I'm I'm, I'm I'm really upset that he um won those two games this year because we were terrible um but but even with those two wins he was 19 and 23 against duke so mm-hmm. i appreciate your uh your 18 years of service mm-hmm. um but you know you know, one thing I haven't heard over the last, and, and, and we're recording this, um, over the last 24 hours since Roy's announced his retirement, uh, you know what I haven't heard, one thing about AC? What's that? The 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 UNC cheating scandal. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about that. And That's all we could hear about for like two years. What, let me ask you a question here. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, it's, it's like he's a saint now, it's like... Oh, mm-hmm. like he retires and all of a sudden we forget about all the bad things. Mm-hmm. You know, comparing his season to the Haiti disaster, you know, of a few years ago. Yep. Uh, you know, the, the you know, the facts, you know, who's that guy, the, the drug guy that was hanging around the program and the camps was at his house uh, and yep, Roy yep. house, giving him rental cars, you know, yep. and it, you know, I'm not saying that we're squeaky clean over here, but I know we didn't have a Twenty-year cheating scandal where we just mm-hmm. made up a fake major and you oversold the entire thing, and then when they went at your roster and realized that eleven of the thirteen players yep. are in the damn, including Tyler Hansbrough for four years. Mm-hmm. You know, look, I, I hate to kick the guy while he's all and down, but you gotta call a spade a spade. You, you have to. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No. And and maybe maybe in the next couple of days, there's gonna. I'm sure somebody is gonna you know, throw out a clickbait article about some of the scandals and stuff, but people are gonna bury that person when they do it. And they're gonna be it's, that's so classless. And, and, yeah, and, and you that's know that's so prison. that's so bad to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you,
1: and I don't mean to catch up, but you know who's gonna bury him? Jay Billis. Jay Williams. <laughs> guys like that. They're gonna be the ones that bury him. And you're going and like Jay Williams and Jay Billis were just fawning over the the retirement announcement on Thursday. Yeah, give me a break. I don't want to <laughs> hear that from my guys.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're gonna though. Like that's the thing. Like in order to stay, like especially the TV guys. Like the TV guys, of course, are gonna do their stay neutral thing, and you know, that's fine. Again, that's everybody's gotta do what they gotta do. And but the thing is, like, just let's all just keep the same type of energy though when Kay retires, because you know the same things that happen. There's gonna be a bunch of slander articles. There's oh, gonna no. be a bunch of stuff that comes out with Kay. What happened with Zion? What happened with Myron Piggy? You know, all the other shit that everybody always brings up. He's going to faint. Like, you know, his bad back caused him to retire. Everybody's going to say the same shit. So, ah, need, you know, quitting, you know what he's I mean? Quitting like,
1: the, he's quitting on right, the season again to right. his back, and he's going to use his back as an excuse. Him. Exactly.
0: Nobody's going to hold back when, when Kay retires. And you, you'll no. get a couple of journalists who are going to write nice pieces about him, but most everybody else is going to jump on him. Like like a hyena on dead meat because that's exactly what sells is Duke being jumped on. So the same thing's gonna happen when K goes. And I'm just I'm keeping the same energy right now in the opposite direction.
1: So yeah, one hundred percent. I think we're just keeping it real, and we're not gonna be those Duke people that you know. Oh, oh, shucks, Roy was so great, and on tear. <laughs> no, I laughed. Yeah, <laughs> are <Absolutely. laughs> had a great time with it. <laughs> Fuck, he's not. He's not dead. Right. You know, he's just fucking retired. Right, he's and just, that's wait, he just. told exactly. Wait, but I'm talking about a humble brand, by the way. Yeah, you know, all oh, just as well as me. I just got done playing, you know, 36 on Augusta National plus the part three. Uh, it, <laughs> the, Masters, the Masters is literally next week. Do you know how good of shape Augusta National is in for all the golfers mm-hmm. out there? Mm-hmm. And you're just telling me that you played 36 there? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I don't feel bad for you that you're retiring. <laughs> and I did some, uh, some math, AC, and I want you to guess. Um, he had three thousand nine hundred and seventy-three timeouts that he didn't use, mm-hmm. uh, while he was at North Carolina. So he gets to take those with him. That's it. They pay, That's yeah, and they, over. They, they pay. They paid him eleven hundred dollars a timeout. Cause we were always asking for all those years when Roy, <laughs> when Roy refused to take all those timeouts. Does he get paid to keep them? And apparently, he did. That was part of the buyout. Yep. <laughs> Dude, oh, my
0: God. Yo, it's it's too funny, man. It's all too funny. Like, this, this, is, the, this is a part of the rivalry. That's the beauty of it. Like, yeah, I, I don't want a single UNC fan to be like, oh, so much respect to K. I don't want any of it. Like, when K retires, I, I want them the to bring out all the rat face and huh? all the all the devil comments and everything else that they've made for the last
1: 40 years. I want don't the same pretend, shit when he don't retires. Pretend, don't pretend like you like them. Yep, you know, yep. Just because, just because Roy, you know... And again, the guy's a Hall of Famer. I already listed off his accomplishments. Mm -hmm. I know that Roy's a phenomenal top 10 coach. We're not saying that. Yeah, we're not saying he's not. But I'm on the other side here. And you know what? I'm just going to tell you how I felt for the last 18 years. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie right to your face. I'm not going to be Jay Williams and Jay Billis lying right to your face about it. I'm going to tell you the truth from a Duke fan's Mm -hmm. perspective. I don't like the guy.
0: Same. Same here and here, here. Goodbye, Roy.
1: Yeah, cheers. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. All right. Speaking of the way out, um, a lot of rules are going to be leaving the NCAA. Um, you probably all heard about them where, you know, the, uh, we had a, there was a bunch of players that met with Mark Emmert this week. Uh, there was a Supreme Court uh, ruling about the NCAA being a monopoly. You guys already know about the name, image, and likeness stuff, the NIL. Um, and so we wanted to kind of, and, 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 the transfer portal. So we're going to try to talk about all of that. Um, you yeah, know, The NCAA to, is going just yeah. full on, like
0: yeah. any, any news is good news. <laughs> yeah, any and, press and, is good press, good or bad. doesn't matter for the NCAA, man.
1: Um, and, and so, I, so, AC, I kind of wanted to start with the NIL stuff. This is something that you and I have talked about a lot over the last couple of years that we've been doing this podcast, um, we both agree that, you know, all all people should get their worth, right? You know, whether you're a college basketball player, a women's gymnastics player, um, a swimmer, you know, whatever it is, whatever your profession is. Um, but I think we, and, and I think we both believe that they should get whatever the hell they're worth in terms of, you know, what kind of revenues they, they can bring in for the, you know, their, their efforts. You know, we talked about Zion. Zion was, Zion was kind of like the, the, the straw that broke the camels back on this because when he was at duke you know you had the shoe gate you had more you had zion cam there was literally a camel in every game we played in a zion cam so this was kind of like the final straw and and i'm glad that it was a duke player that could do it um uh, because at the end of the day and i remember i was in senior year and i wrote a, a long paper college athletes deserve to be paid so now let's figure out how do we get there. And I want to get your overall opinion on this, because I know that you're passionate about it. Um, you know, just kind of how you see it working, and what do you see happening over the next five, two to five years, really?
0: I think, I, number one, I think there's going to be some problems at first. Like, they're, they're, as with any, any kind of change, you're going to have problems. But honestly, the problems are good problems, and they're going to lead to, eventually it'll lead to, you know, good things, a.k.a. these kids are getting paid what they should be getting paid, because, when you're able to plaster somebody's name all over TV and you, you as a company ESPN and you know all of ESPN's analysts are out here yelling about it and everything, which is good. They're just, you know, stand up for the players or whatever, But I don't see any of them in, in the courtrooms. I don't see any of them, you know, doing some of those things. I think Jay Billis honestly has been the most active in terms of advocating for players rights and such, but maybe now's the time to do it since they're in court, but it's, it's, it's simply a matter of, they're putting the work in; they should get paid for it. Now, I'm not saying that they should have, we should have contracts and paydays and in, in, in the NCAA. I think that gets a little messy. I do think that they should be able to make money off of their own Instagrams and social media. I, I think if if locally, if if there's you know car companies or whatever that want to pay these kids, so be it. You know, what I mean, I don't, I don't know how. I don't know if you go as far as to you know national commercials or whatever or not i don't know you know know, like zion you know i'm sure nike or mcdonald's or somebody would love to have zion eating you know eating a hamburger or wearing a shoe but so it it, that's where the that's where some of the problems lie that's where it gets tricky however they they deserve to be paid for what they do and and the beauty of the nil at least the start of it is it on the surface is that they get paid for what they're worth so it's like you know, a top athlete is going to get paid for a top Instagram or, you know, you know I mean? It's just, and that's what they're in college for, right? Aren't you in college to, to earn money for your profession? Like, isn't that what you're there to do? And this is, this is it. This is it for them. They're allowed to, because per the scholarship rules right now, they can't even get a job right now if they needed to. So everybody can say that we've, and we've said this before, you can say the same stuff over and over again. Oh, well, you're getting a $300,000 scholarship from such and such prestigious university. That doesn't put food on the table when you come from small-ass town Mississippi and your family barely has food. Like, when some of these kids could be making that money for their family, when other kids at the university could make money for their family if they needed to do so. These kids can't if they, if they want to be under scholarship, So now you're saying, oh, well, choose basketball or your family. Which one? Well, basketball is there to pay the bills for them, dummy. Like that's the whole point of it, right? Like don't don't tell them to choose or like oh you're playing a kid sport or don't stop with those dumb blanket unthoughtful arguments because that's not the point. They are at school to learn a profession and their profession just happens to be basketball, which sorry for you behind your keyboard with your short stubby arms and short legs, you can't play basketball or football they happened to win the lottery when it came to that and they put in the work to be able to make it that far. So they get to, they get the benefit from that. So this is their profession. This is what they're here training to do. Why can't they make money off of that?
1: Yeah. I think we're on the same page with that. I think um, where I want to turn it uh, is, you know, how, how do we make it work now? Right. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about Zion and again, Zion to me, to me it's, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Um, but we made the analogy, I believe, two years ago, where it was, okay, so now you have this proposal out there for NIL. Um, and you have to figure out a way to make that work realistically. Um and so, you know, the Zion's of the world, um, you know, the, the girls that played on and you know, I'm dating myself here, but there's some girls on like Instagram from like Oregon softball and like UCL softball and uh, LSU gymnastics and they all have like millions of followers not millions but a lot of followers Yeah, yeah. tens of thousands and you know hundreds of thousands in some cases and there's one gymnast on LSU that has over a million the point is um, like, they have a great ability to market themselves however they see fit and you know like if, we, if we're using the uh, analogy of do basketball you know a guy like Jack White who plays you know 10 minutes a game uh, should not be getting the amount of money that a Zion would get, and, and in the mm-hmm. real world, in a real world, um, he would not, he would not be right. Right. So you know, it's like um, a person that's been in a lawyer for ten years, that's a uh, partner at a firm. He's going to make a lot, le- a lot more money mm-hmm. than a guy that is coming right out of law school and is clerk. Exactly. You know, and it's, it's like, what are you, what are you bringing the firm? Yep. And you know, a guy like Zion. Yeah, whether he won the the genetic lottery or not, he's, he's worth a hell of a lot more. Absolutely. And those girls, those girls that are doing it uh, for gymnasts and, you know, sample players and all on Instagram, they've built up their brand. Absolutely. And it's like, so you have to find a way, and it should just be pure capitalism to me, where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you know what? You know, I'm going to pay you because I think you can bring us business. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're going to put ashes in the seats. They're going to, you know, make people buy more hamburgers. And that should just really be what it is. It shouldn't really Mm -hmm. be about the school. Um, And I think that's just common sense. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's exactly. It's that's it seems very common sense. And I'm sure, look, this is for people smarter than me financially and, and lawyers and such to figure out and they can iron the whole thing out. But at the end of the day, the NCAA has been in Supreme Court. You know, they're they're being ruled against like their arguments are being shot down left and right. They sound ridiculous. When they say when the NCAA lawyer is in front of the Supreme Court saying, if we pay these athletes or allow these athletes to get paid, then they're going to spend more time on their sport than they are the academics. It's like, would you stop pushing the student athlete thing in our face? Because to you, you don't care what zion williamson did in his economics class at duke you don't care about that so don't you, sit there on? and you, play. you
1: don't care that zion took dance class you don't, right. care, if he took, you don't care if he took biology what does he make to you you're cashing in
0: and they don't, don't care whatsoever. and then they then they give us that propaganda commercial every ncaa tournament there's only two percent of the ncaa athletes who go professional in their sport what are the right. others doing? It shows them working at, like, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and it's like, come on, man. Like, are
1: you, you <laughs> no, seriously, man, nothing like... You're not going like, to get a No, no, seriously, yeah. We might be, of be like, a piece of
0: sponsor. Yeah, excuse me, yeah, we, we might get a sponsor. No, but, like, seriously, though, it's like, don't... It, like, there's no need. Like, you don't have to play anymore. You don't have to pretend. Like, that's that's such... It's such a disingenuous commercial, because it's like, oh, well, we're not going to pay these kids for years, but look at, look at my guy making $15 an hour at Enterprise. It's like... <laughs> You know what I mean, like it's like, come on man the 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 amount of money that that dude could have or that girl could have stood to make off of their off of their social media in the four years that they were in school and then you're gonna show them working behind a desk at enterprise like, come on, dude, that's <laughs> it's so disingenuous, man. it's like especially
1: with it's all it's the money also, to me it's also it's, it's also dated. you know yeah. so, because we are in the the age of you Know there's a bit, there's not just ESPN now, there's mm-hmm. ESPN 2, there's ESPN News, there's the ACC Network, yeah. SEC Network, Big Ten Network, FS1, mm-hmm. FS2, CBS Sports Network, mm-hmm. like you, you have all NBC Sports Network, as you, you just keep going on. Um, the point is, you have that plus every single one of these individuals, whether yeah. they're walk ons or the Zion Williamsons, they have control over their own their own likeness with their own social media stuff are you telling me that they can't profit off that you're telling me that that those girls that have millions of followers can't profit off that i, I mean that's ridiculous because they play gymnastics i mean come on yeah
0: yeah give me give me give me the nil so that we can get NCAA basketball and football back too, by the way. So you know how much yeah. money NCAA made off of that shit?
1: Come on, man. And, right, and give it back right. to me so I can put my Xbox 360 away. So and I can and, 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 and also if, if, if you're thinking about it from pure business, like yeah. it, it's not gonna cost the NCAA anymore. And if and if you look at it logically, it's going it's going to make them more money. I mean exactly. somebody smarter than me will be able to figure that out if, if that's true or not. I'm I'm not an economics major, but I just have to believe. That if you're marketing your biggest stars in all your biggest sports, oh, your, well, best bases, you know. your best bases, you know that it, you can promote the brand. The university is going to be better. It's going it's to be all of that. Of and, course, like and you have and, somebody's Instagram be,
0: where they're wearing their college uniform on people on not, NCAA courts, you know the NCAA is going to put their hand in that pocket.
1: Yeah. 100%, like and the university will as well, and so mm-hmm. they'll still be getting paid. It's just a, a way for them to and, – and, and and realistically, you look at a guy like Zion Williamson, and I understand that he is the exception, not the rule, but he he I, I want to go back to him because he wanted to come back to do, and that's a genuine thing that he wanted to do. It was mm-hmm. impossible for him to be like, you know, to, to make that decision because everybody's like, even Coach K, be like, yo, you got to go. Right. You got to go make that $80 million and whatever he made from Nike before he even played again.
0: Right. The NIL, it, it puts it, it, it makes college viable again for some of these kids. So if you do want to keep pushing that they are students as well as athletes, then maybe if they are getting paid while they're on campus, like their friends that they're partying with and everything else and living with, they see them getting, you know, making money, having jobs, everything else then that gives them an opportunity to do the same thing. And it might it might make them want to stick around a little bit longer because you, all the time you hear all these guys say, I wish I could have stayed in college another year or two because I enjoyed it so much and I needed to grow up, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, maybe they will make that decision if they're able to get paid for it. But right now everybody's jumping ship because they need to get paid for what they're doing. And I don't blame them one bit. I don't even know why they're showing up on campus
1: in the first place half the time. So you brought up um, just kind of your um, rant there a little bit about a, you don't want to see any contracts, and it, mm-hmm. that makes me um, kind of transition to the transfer portal mm-hmm. because you and I had talked about it offline. Um That I thought maybe it's a good idea, and I'm just spitballing that if if they're gonna do this transfer portal, and I I gotta be honest, there's no way that after this year that they won't keep the one year. You know, you don't have to sit out one year and transfer. You can they did it for COVID. I can't imagine that that's going to be taken away because there's going to be a shitstorm if they do that. And I think we both believe that just one like coaches can leave whenever they want mm-hmm. and white can players too. Now, having said that, if you couple that with the NIL stuff, mm-hmm. um, why is it such a, a crazy idea to say, okay, you know, when I, cause, because it, it does make it so much more difficult um, to recruit to coach uh-huh. because you're gonna. You're, what's going to happen is going to it's going to become the Wild Wild West. It's going to become the NBA free agency on steroids, right. where you're having the guy start uh, for you in in the fall semester, leave before the second semester starts in December, yeah. and then go ahead and play on a team the next semester, right. and and that that will happen. And it's yeah. like you know, and what are we going to do about it? So that makes it very it makes it very difficult. and and, and the, the people that matter the most here outside of the, the, the coaches and the players are the fans because you want to keep them and they want to keep them involved. Right. You want to, uh, otherwise you have nothing. If you don't have the fans, if you don't have the people purchasing your product, you have nothing. Mm-hmm. So why is it such a ridiculous idea to say, okay, um, AC, I have a contract here for you. You can pick one, two, three, four years, mm-hmm. uh, and they will be escalating, you know, whatever's in there incentives in there, um, but you have to honor that contract, just like I do. Right. If I leave, like, it's, it's, like, that's not a rule, right? That the coach leaves, usually the, the, the players that are playing for that guy are allowed to, to you know, get a waiver and leave too.
0: Sometimes, um, yeah. It's not even 100% sometimes. across it, the board. It, that it's
1: haven't. not even 100%, but that that's, you know, just using that example. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Why, yeah, can't, yeah. why, can't, why can't that be a thing? It's,
0: I, it, I guess it just depends on what you're actually holding them to because – If there's no no rule in place saying you can't go here or there, then to have a contract saying you're bound to the school really doesn't mean anything. Because if you're saying, oh, well, we'll take your scholarship away. okay fine. But then I'll transfer and go to another school and then they'll give me a scholarship. So unless you're going to put a rule in place that says if you transfer somewhere else, you don't you're not allowed to have a scholarship at that place. Then that's that's I guess that's kind of the only place you can go with that, because you're really like a contract is holding. Typically, a contract holds money over your head. So again, there there has to be some kind of rule in place that goes along with the contract saying that. so I mean i I'm like you I don't want to see somebody transfer a midseason and picking up again like with a team that's bound for the final four and they yeah. get to go get themselves a ring. like I think if you transfer midseason, you're not eligible that season. i think I think there's rules that can be made in the spirit of competition that are absolutely fine because right. again, like you can make you can make whatever rule you want. It's just that now some of these rules are being exposed for being incredibly ludicrous. So yeah, something like you can't transfer midseason and play for another team. Absolutely, like that. All, I'm totally on board with that. Like, but I don't think anyone should have to sit out a year. I think you should be able to enter the transfer portal transfer portal as many times as you want. If they want to come up with a rule saying you can only enter the portal twice in your in your four years of eligibility, then so be it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's another way to kind of keep things in check but you can't tell me you look at your timeline on twitter right now or instagram and all these names that keep popping up on the portal all they're doing is gener- generating discussion and it, it's it's That's keeping true. the NCAA relevant it's just like the NBA like the NBA used to be from October to basically July and then maybe you had another month in there after that for free agency where people were excited in the draft of course and then the NBA was done now the NBA has become basically a 12 month cycle in in sports news like every every month there's some kind of nba news and the ncaa could absolutely stand to to use that same model and the transfer portal is one way to keep the ncaa relevant after the tournament because typically ncaa basketball post-tournament is terrible and of course you got you got baseball you got softball you got some of the other spring sports that do generate some eyeballs but nothing like college football nothing like college basketball and if you can keep those sports relevant in the summer, as well as in the fall and the winter. Why the hell not? You know what I mean. And the transfer the transfer portal has been it's been huge for that so far.
1: Yeah, well, speaking of the transfer portal, um, Duke is no stranger this year, much like mm-hmm. every other team has been. Uh, we have the news, obviously, uh, the hot news on DJ Stewart, which was rumored to be, you know, potentially testing his, you know, draft status. He stopped, see what was going on, test the waters, he announces that not only is he going to the NBA, but he's going to sign with an agent, and you see, when you he first heard that news, what went through your mind?
0: Uh, I mean, it's it's something that we've been hearing, you and I both have been hearing it, and we kind of talked about it offline for like, I don't know, like a, almost about a week or two now, It's been, it's really been about a week or two, I think, that this this development kind of... Kind of took legs and kept moving, and yeah. honestly, the first the first thing that came to mind was between it was it was between Frank Jackson and and Trey Duvall, like, and, and I know you got some you got some info on that that I'm, I'm dying to hear because it, you know it's just it's one of those things that just it reminds me of Frank in the sense that it was a surprise. Yeah. It reminds me of Shravon Duvall because it was like you really need to stick around another year to to really to to up your stock because you do have potential to be something that the NBA is looking for. And that was that was kind of like the first thought that came to my head with this.
1: Yeah, no, and, and you know, when I talked to people um, you know, kind of taking a step back, you know, a week or so ago, you know, a couple of the people that I know like Duke, you know, yeah, it was a possibility. And then, you know, once you started hearing more names pop up. You know, you you talk about, you know, some of the guys that were entering the transfer portal from other schools, that would we look at them? And, you know, you're reading different things that, yeah, we might take a look at this guy, Duke showing interest. And it all made sense that, yeah, maybe DJ would test the waters. Mm -hmm. Um, Testing the waters and announcing that you have an agent, those are two completely different things. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just quite frankly, I think this, this is of all the one and done we have had, I think this is, this is the worst decision, just flat out decision that I've seen. And you now you brought up Frank Jackson, um, you know, Frank, you know, he was still a a guy that was projected in a much deeper draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was on a much deeper team, uh, much more NBA talent on that team that he played on. They went much further. They had a really good season and that was a team littered with injuries. Um, you know, and, and he performed pretty solid uh, mm-hmm. to the point where he was going to, you know, figure it out. And it was, it wasn't, it was, I wouldn't say a shock that's probably a little bit too high, but it was went below a shock when mm-hmm. Frank announced that he was leaving. Uh, but this one is, you're right that, you know, it's, it's, it's probably a perfect in-between between Trayvon and Frank, and unfortunately it's the worst of both of them. And but see uh, this
0: and this is the decision these kids are forced into when again we just we just talked about it when, when they can't make money, this is the decision you're forced into. Like you're forced yeah, so, into
1: so, tough yeah, decisions and, like this. Yeah, and, and you know, we talked about that a little bit. Um, you know, and I and I don't know what his family situation is, and and so far be it for me to to you know make any judgments there, which I won't do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought that for his future earnings and things of that nature, uh, it just made I mean we talk about common sense all the time here like you have to come back and you got to get better we talked about it all season long him and, and Jeremy you know working together getting through all the all the ups and the downs together mm-hmm. um so that next year you're going to get all that exposure you're going to be on a better team you're going to be on a team with a bunch of NBA players you're going to be a guy that is going to be featured you're going to get all the shots you want still and and yet he made this decision, it, it, it is it's, it's really dumbfounding. And so when you take a look at just the stats alone, you know, DJ shot 42.6% from the field, and he did that mm-hmm. in 31 minutes a game. You mm-hmm. know, he averaged 13 points, um, four four rebounds. He was an underrated rebounder. We talked about that, you know, all season long. Uh, he only shot 34% from from three. Yep. When you look at Frank Jackson, he averaged eleven points, but he did it in seven less minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he still had two and a half rebounds, still averaged one point seven assists, but he shot forty seven percent from the field. He almost shot forty percent from three, was thirty nine point five. You know, they were both very good free throw uh shooters. Frank was also built better. Frank right. was a bigger player. Frank was 205. Yeah. You know, DJ is 160 pounds soaking wet. Uh, I understand that the game is, you know, darn focused in the NBA where you got a lot of smaller guys. But it, it, this is the most absurd one and done that I, I've seen. And and I say that with, uh, I hope the kid does well. I hope that he makes it. But again, Frank was a guy that was a late first round type of kid, um, you know, early second that entire time. And so that, that kind of forced his hand a little bit. Right. Whereas DJ, he's not showing up on any drafts. He's not going to get drafted, and which means that he's going to go into that, that, that G league, trying to make something in the summer league, which they're probably not even going to have. And you have to wonder who's giving this kid advice. I mean, I, I hate to be harsh, but who's giving this kid advice? I, because I feel like this is shortchanging the kid, and I feel bad for him that he feels like this is his only option because he's not.
0: Yeah, that's you know the the question. That's that's always the question with any any of these decisions is who's who's giving these guys advice. Like who's you know obviously Jalen Johnson. Let's talk about him. Like the who who gave him the advice to to have this season play out the way it did for him because that cost him millions of dollars. Like it's Black. it's the same thing with DJ. Like he's he's losing what, whether he gets drafted or not. I, I actually am on the side that I think he does get drafted. I think it's going to be late in the second, but I think he gets drafted. But Regardless, he's he's being cost millions of dollars because right. a good season next season, with the, with as low as his Duke is going to be, he could have had a phenomenal season next year. And I know I get it. Go get paid or whatever. Go play in the G League, and you can learn the same stuff you would have learned at Duke. I get all yep. that. Sure. Yeah, 100%. I'm and and on you're that. getting paid Always for happen. it. Yep. Right. But yep. at, by the same token, it's like that. That is that can happen, but it's less of a guarantee when you're talking about the first contract leading into the second contract. Everybody talks about how the second contract is so important. That first contract is goddamn important as well. Like, you know, Let's not scratch our heads at, at 10 plus millions of dollars. Like that yeah. first contract is also very important and can set you up for the second contract that you're bound to get. Whereas you're coming out of the G League on 10 day contracts. Like the chances of you getting a second contract are slim to none if you are not elite, and honestly, right now, DJ's not elite. like I not saying he can't be, but right now he's not, but he does have right. tons of potential. He's got a great wingspan for someone who's six three. You saw at the end of the season he started trying to learn how to finish against contact because he couldn't do that early on. The one thing he can't do yet is is shoot from the standstill, which you got to be able to do in the NBA. I know he can shoot from off the dribble, but from the standstill he showed he can't do it. So, you know, we can talk about his flaws all day. He's making his decision, so be it. So now we got to move forward and figure out how we're going to replace him.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're 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 much uh, much better at this than I am. I I I, I get all the stuff, and 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 I've been one of those guys forever that has said, "Hey, you know what? You can go learn the same stuff that you could in college. You can get paid to do it." Mm-hmm. Um, but this one to me is is is, is disenfranchising to him mm-hmm. um, and, and his overall earning ability because you know what's he going to make next year in the in the G League fifty thousand maybe right um, you know and that's I feel I'm, I'm I'm almost I feel scared for the kid I really even and,
0: even if he does get a good contract in in a couple of years because that's what it's going to take like he he had the chance to stay one more year and make yeah the, make ten million next silly. year. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's what you, that's what he's he's missing out on the ability to make that money probably three to four years sooner, and that's that's a lot of time to miss out on that yeah. much money. And then you talk about the second contract. Well, now he's getting the goddamn second con- contract by the time he's twenty eight years old, man. Like you've missed out on a lot. Like that's he's yeah. definitely missed out on a lot of money with this.
1: Yeah, and uh, not to belabor the point, but I do feel bad. But I, I again, I don't know his situation or anything yeah. like that. But yeah. uh, it uh, you know this is I I you know you can't see me shaking my head, but this one. You know, you don't owe me anything, you don't owe Duke anything, but you, no. you owe yourself, and I just think that you shortchanged yourself in this one. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know what, best of luck to him. Um, you know, I hope everything for the best, but I, 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 you know, I think this is going to be one where you look back in the next five, ten years. Um, you know, this one, uh, this one, it, it, it hurts me more for, for him than it does me as a fan for Duke because yeah. I think it we'll won't be fun either way. I, I you know, I, I just can't, can't help but belabor the point of next year, you know, that's a team that can win 30 plus games. It's going to be a team that is going to be one of the handful of favorites coming going into the tournament. No. Um, Duke wasn't in the tournament this year, and we're going to have fans in the, tur- in, in, in the stadiums next year. We're going to have all that stuff. And that was your chance. And you would have more open space than you've ever dreamed of next year. It, it just, uh, you know, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of the transfer portal, though, we did lose uh, three guys, none of which should have been a shock. Um, obviously, uh, Patrick Tape and Jordan Goldwire shouldn't surprise anybody. And it really shouldn't have surprised anybody that Jamin Brakefield left either. AC, you were right on that one the entire way through. Uh, just talk a little bit about why you thought, even with the, you know, people that, you know, had left and who mm-hmm. were looking at why you thought that him going somewhere else was best for him um, rather than coming back and working throughout the summer and, and trying to make, you know, make himself a part of that rotation.
0: Yeah, no, it's just a tough fit with, with having Paulo come in and at the, obviously at the time where, and still are, we still are looking at, at Pat Baldwin. You know, it's just some of the guys were looking at coming in. It was just, it never seemed like it 100% fit for him to be a starter with this team. And he got his chance obviously when Jalen got hurt, but and he he took advantage of it, you know, for a couple of games and then he he kinda went back in a shell again. Like he's he's got some growing to do as a player as well. And you know, wherever wherever he, he ends up, you 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 know, you hope for the kid that he's gonna turn out well as well over there. But you know, he, he's got he's got his flaws too in his game and it you know, it kinda it kinda is what it is. And anytime you see kind of Duke go late for a recruit, this is kind of this is kind of par for the course with that. Because they yeah. don't, they weren't recruiting you in the first place because you didn't fit the plan. But then something changed the plan, so then you were somebody that they wanted to see what they could get out of you. But he didn't want to stick around to make, to make that work. And his age, like he's he's aging out when it comes to the draft. So I think he's unlike somebody like Wendell Moore. He's somebody who he needs to make a move now to try to get himself on draft boards. And it obviously didn't work this season for Duke. So he's going to try to go find and make hay somewhere else. That's that's kind of where it is with him. Um, just, you know, just that, that age thing is a factor, man. It's like, it was a factor with Cassius last year and it's a factor with Matt and his decision is a factor with Jamin here.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. I wish him the best. I really, really did enjoy him. Um, but let's talk about Henry Coleman real quick. Um, you know, I know that you have, uh, some connections there, uh, you know, with Henry and, you know, obviously the, the people that, you know, or I'm privy to some information with, with Duke, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, they've had some real horn to the hearts and, you know, it sounds to me, AC, that he's going to stick around. What is your gut feeling there?
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think he stays. I think, I think he stays. I think they, they have a decision to make too because he didn't play very much earlier in the season. And then towards the end of the year, he saw him get that time, especially in the tournament, he got some time, or the AC tournament. I mean, he got some time. So, and, and I, I think the family was, you know, I think, I can, I can only imagine that they're happy with that, you know, finally getting to see him on the court. So I think moving forward, I, I think there is a plan for him to be able to play. And I think there is a spot for him to be able to play, especially down low because we don't have a lot of depth and on the interior at the moment, you know, unless we add another body or two. So, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it's, it's a good fit on the court. It's a fantastic fit off the court. Cause that's the, he's the kind of guy that, Duke has recruited for years, who is just an outstanding, outstanding young man off the court. Just you know, you saw it all all summer and everything else. The kid is just—he's amazing. So, it, it's a great fit there. So, I you know, it's it's one of those things where all the pieces fit. So, I can't imagine that he leaves.
1: Yeah, and and I hope he stays uh, because he's you know he is like the like you said the the Duke kind of kid. Uh, he does a lot. He, as good as he is, you know, in interviews and uh, what he's done. Even coming into college, uh, he's just an excellent young man, so hopefully, he sticks around. Um, but let's talk about the incoming then. Let's talk about who's yeah, coming. We got in. one more um, possible yes.
0: departure, though. Hold that, on, what about Nate
1: James? No, What's that gonna true. do that's for true. the staff? That's true, yeah. You know, well, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, you know, what he did for uh, for Mark Williams. Uh, if you're, if you're not aware, uh, Nate James works with all the big men, and uh, you know, he worked with Mark Williams tirelessly throughout the season. From a kid that could barely catch the ball early on mm-hmm. to a kid that's put in on 20 and 20 in, his, in the last game that we played uh, against Louisville. So we're going to miss Nate, but he's, let's be honest, he's, he's earned it.
0: Oh, he's he's absolutely earned it. And I think I I, I get I just get the feeling that Nolan is going to move into his place. I don't think we're going to go out. I think Wojo will end up getting himself a job anyway. So I, don't, I think the Wojo comes back as an assistant like Jeff Cable thing is that's dead. I don't, I don't even think that's a non starter in my opinion. So I think Nolan ends up stepping into place there, and I think that's a great fit. I, I think Nolan, Nolan coupled with John Shire as as recruiters is going to be goddamn phenomenal yeah. <laughs> for for Duke. You know, if you don't mind me saying, but and then I, I see Chris carroll being the one to take over uh, over with the bigs. So you know, not saying that we are not losing anything with Nate, but I think I think C Wall is perfectly capable of coaching coaching our big men down low. So I don't, I don't see it as like a total loss that Nate's gone. I think the charisma of Nolan Smith now is going to be something this program sorely needs at the moment with some of these departures and things in the season we just had.
1: Yeah. Again, another good transition because we're going to need some incoming people and we're going to have to try to figure that out. You already talked about Patrick Baldwin. I was going to save that till the end, but since he brought it up with Patrick, um, you know, the kid hasn't made a decision yet is, you Mm -hmm. know, Widely speculated is between Duke and his father down in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, He coaches there. And, you know, a lot of pundits had uh, changed from Duke where he was a heavy lean the entire way. We both thought that he was going to Duke. uh, And then everybody changed their uh, prediction to his dad's place. But he still hasn't made a decision. Right. And, you know, you would have to think that he is leaning on Matthew Hurt. Because what other reason would he have not just, you know, declare for his dad already?
0: Right, like it, that, and that's the reason because nobody's getting information. Number one on this thing, his 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 dad is a college coach. He knows how to, he knows how to keep the info quiet. So nobody is getting valuable information on on any of this. So don't believe anybody that you hear saying that they know for sure Pat is gone. And number two, you know, you can kind of judge by what the staff is doing. They're you know some of the moves they're making and some of the people they're recruiting and looking at an offering and transfers and things like that. But you know, that, that happens every year where maybe there's some uncertainty or whatever else, or maybe you're just trying to get someone to commit faster. So you start looking at somebody else. So I I don't think any of those are, Oh, well, we're not getting Pat. So we got to go this direction. I think it's just the staff is doing their due diligence to make sure they're not caught with their pants down. I haven't wavered with Pat that he is, He's coming to Duke. Like I haven't wavered on that, and I'm, I'm staying with it. I, it just it makes sense. You see all the all all the forwards that are leaving Duke right now. Tape, Breakfield, even I mean not a forward, but DJ's a backcourt player. Pat would play. He'd play that that stretch four. So there's the, essentially a backcourt spot gone. I, I I don't know, man. It's just there's too much happening right now for me to think that Patrick Baldwin went from surefire Duke guy to he's going to play for Zach because if he's trying to save his dad's job, he would have committed by now. Like you said, right. like it, it would have happened by now. Like, why not? Like if you're trying to save your dad's job at university of Milwaukee, you would have said, I'm, I'm playing for him seven months ago. So that the school and the university and the AD and everyone else knew so that they could start all of their, all the advertising and everything else they're going to do for him to come in. So I don't think it's as locked up as it looks like it is. I think that the crystal ball picks and everything are, it's a fun thing, but they manipulate those so much. It's so easy for them to to keep switching back and forth and then finally switch at the last minute to make sure that it looks like that they're correct and accurate on everything they're doing. So it, uh, I don't trust them. I don't – like, no, nah, we got a month or so left for his decision, and I still think that Duke is the de- destination.
1: Well, the good news is that we did get Trevor Keel. Hell That's yeah. a big win for us. Hell yeah. Um, it, it, the fact that it took us this long in the podcast to even bring up Trevor Keels, um, coming to Duke, uh, that's huge. And maybe, yeah. um, obviously I, I think that, you know, if you look at the timeline the last week and a half, uh, where everybody started picking Duke again, it went from mm-hmm. Nova to Duke over to over to Duke. You never wavered on Trevor Keels. And I know that you have some, um, you know, connections with the, uh, Paul of the six, um, you know, where, where he and, uh, Jeremy Roach played together. Mm-hmm they're trying to make an inroad to Duke. Uh, and you know, you were right all along on this one, so I'm going to give you credit, which I hate to do, but <laughs> AC, but AC now, now he has a starting starting spot almost locked up or is that right? Yeah, I would think so. It, even if,
0: even if we got some transfer, there's only a, a couple of transfers who might start over Trevor and we're probably not going to get those guys because they want a team to themselves more than likely. So yeah, no, I think I think Trevor's got the starting spot on lock. I think if DJ stayed, I still think Trevor would have battled him for some some minutes at the very least, if not taken the job. If DJ played the way he did this year, funny to say that for someone who was first team all rookie, but he did have his flaws. So and so does Trevor. Like Trevor's not a perfect player, but he is he is an excellent shooting guard with size, attitude, and ability. And the, you know, so it's we're we're not we're not totally lost by bringing Trevor Kills into that starting spot. So I know I see on Twitter, a lot of, a lot of Duke fans are, are very upset right now. And a lot, I see a lot of doom and gloom and a lot of, uh, well, if we want to even make the tournament, we need to go get some transfers and stuff. No, we don't. It's not, it's not that serious. And the three freshmen right now that we have are phenomenal and with the guys that should be coming back, that's enough. That's enough to at least at the least make the tournament. If if not a little bit more, I think a tra- adding a transfer would help kind of solidify some things, and we'll talk about that in a second. But no, nah, man, Trevor's he's he's a really good player, and I'm I'm really happy that that we sewed this thing up.
1: So Jeremy Roach, Trevor Keels, Wendell Moore. We got that Paul to six backcourt,
0: man. We got that Paul to right. six championship.
1: Yeah, talk, about, co- yeah, talk <laughs> about continuity. Um uh, and then we have uh you know, Powell, obviously, A.J., Joey's still sticking around. He's kind of like mm-hmm. the guy in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Henry and Mark Williams, you know, what is that, seven or eight guys that, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we can roll with that. But we did touch on some some transfers. Everybody's got their name in the transfer portal. Yep. We got guys like Paul Swiner up in Villanova, who played three years in the Big East, played 77 games. Um, you know, this year he averaged 19 minutes a game. Um. You know, is that a kid we looked at? I know, I know that you like the kid down in uh, Furham, uh, Noel Burley, And then there's the kid from Virginia that, you know, didn't play at all, hardly. Um, Jamar Adur Rahim. Um, that I know that you like his game and think he's a better fit for Duke. I almost feel like we have to go get at least two transfers just to make the roster, though
0: uh maybe yeah i mean like to to fill out the roster or whatever if we're just trying to fill spots so we, yeah we might need to get two but this is looking...
1: again this is this is assuming that we don't get bold win which i do think right that.
0: right right and and i and i do too i think we're only i think we're only going to get one if we get one and yep. like likeliest scenario is noah Gurley. it's it seems like right now like duke is pursuing that one um pretty heavily he's a 40 percent three-point shooter at six eight so the guy gives you size for defense, he gives you shooting ability, which we sorely need. We saw this past season, and experience in the NCAA. Yep. So, you yep. know, that's that's a big factor there. Cole Swider, I think he comes to Duke and gets the same 19 minutes, honestly, if not less. So I don't I don't see him making the choice to come here. Why would he leave Villanova to come to Duke to do the same thing? And and Jabri Abdurrahim is one where I really I hope we go harder for that one he's only a freshman so the kid has 3 and I can't remember how the rule works. I don't know if the incoming freshman got the extra year or not, but he at least has 3 years of eligibility he can use up. You know, 6768 uh guard type, really good size for that position, really su- super smart player, man. At Blair Academy, really smart player and and overall very versatile. So I really I love his game to death and I hope I, I, I hope he is someone that the staff is considering talking to because I think that is a, a really good player.
1: At the end of the day, our starting five next year doesn't include Patrick Baldwin or not. That's what, that's what, that's what the people want to hear.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say that we're getting Pat. I'm not wavering and this is not me being unsure it's just i mean, nobody's sure like it's that's the thing am i unsure sure i'm unsure because no, nobody knows anything <laughs> it's concrete it's just that a lot of times you can read the tea leaves and you can you can see what the staff is doing and it there, there's just been too much put into that recruitment for for it to go sideways like it's just there's too much and if you are if if you're truly Truly staying at Milwaukee to help save your dad's job, you again. I I stick with it. You would have committed by now because if he doesn't commit there, there there is a chance his dad gets fired this year. So right, exactly. You know I mean? So it's like and
1: we're holding out right now that right. You know, hey, and you're a so one year player not?
0: more than likely. So it's like it's just a stopgap. Like, what's his dad going to do when he's gone? Like, he can't stay at Milwaukee forever. So right, you know what I mean. So it's like. I get it and I, I I like if I was in that position my dad was a coach or something and I had the opportunity to play for him, I don't blame Pat one, if he's like, Yeah, I wanna go play for my dad, absolutely go do it. And I'm not saying he needs to rush his decision or anything. I'm just I'm saying as a Duke fan, it just seems it 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 seems too uncertain and there's too much too many parts of that equation that it just that he's not gonna come to Duke. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, we'll see. He's right. I mean, this year has been one unlike any other. I mean, with the the fact that Players can transfer and you know play right away, not have to sit out. Um, players are entering the portal at race unknown. It has been insane, but I think that at the end of the day, we're going to have a roster that we can all be happy with, and um, you know, happy that Trevor Keels is with us. So, with that being said, let's talk about some of our favorite games of all time. Let's uh, play. It is Final Four weekend. Final Four uh, starts tomorrow night, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and we heard a lot of stuff about Gonzaga. Uh, we also heard a lot about the you know best, or biggest, up, uh, biggest upset plus the biggest comeback ever mm-hmm. in uh, college final four history. And somebody said it wrong because the biggest comeback was Duke versus Maryland in two thousand one, twenty years ago, twenty two points down in the first half. Um, AC, before we talk about the game, I want to know. Where you were during this game, and what was you what were you thinking while we were getting the doors blown off us in the first in the first half?
0: Cool. So great story with this one. So I'm down in my basement, right, and it's you know a little ranch style house, a little short. If you ever rent, if you ever grew up in a ranch style house, you know the ceilings in those places are like six feet tall, <laughs> like they are tiny, right? So I'm wearing my Duke gear. I got a Duke hat, well, you know, baseball cap on or whatever, and I am losing. My goddamn mind, (laughs) because we're just getting the doors blown off of us. And I knew, like, you know, that this team is so much better than that. They just couldn't get right at all, man. And there's one point where I think I'm pretty sure it was on, I want to say it was the Duhan three that put us back within four in the second half. And I I jumped up, you know, screaming and busted my head on the ceiling. So now there's a a hole in my parents' basement ceiling from the the little button that's on the top of the hat. (laughs) Because <laughs> I got so excited because I was so I was just so down, man, in that first half.
1: Yeah. Um. So I was a uh, senior in high school, and I was actually I lived, you know, I grew up in Maryland, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, growing up in Maryland during Oof. that time as a Buke fan, uh, you know, you have you have to have in number one, and to... fighting have for kids. your life every day. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's how I was, and um, you know, obviously talking about that next Tuesday when I walked into school. I mean, you can. Better believe nobody wanted to see me walking through those doors. That's the biggest um, balls in high school. Oh my god, uh, you know, But uh, I, I remember this game because you know my high school um, for the entire March Madness that year, and I even helped set it up. Uh, we had this you know basement there where people would come and watch games, and obviously mm-hmm. they were all Maryland fans. Maryland was good, so like everybody wanted to go there, and I'm like, I, I can't, I gotta, I gotta go to my chair in my parents' basement. I got to watch the game by myself. Don't anybody be around me. Wore we the same thing. Um, had my number 21 through jersey on. And, um, you know, I remember the game quite vividly where I was sitting. And, and I kid you not, even when we're getting the doors blown off us, I never thought we were going to lose that game. I don't we know what both. it was. I just, I just never thought we'd lose that game. Mm-hmm. I just never did. And, you know, you know, I watched it back the other night and, uh, you know, we were still down, you know, it was back and forth for a while, but we were still down with a few minutes to go. Yeah. And it was, it was, it refreshed my memory because, you know, you kind of remember the comeback. Right. I think remember. we went down, what, by
0: nine was like five minutes right. left
1: still? And so I think you don't remember how much we came back. Like, yeah, yeah. we came back from 22, but it won all at once. Yeah. we had to keep fighting, scratching the clawing to do it. Um, and it's just one of the best, first of all, one of the best seasons ever Mm -hmm. for college basketball. One of the greatest rivalries ever, as much as I'm in front of Maryland fans for not being our rivals. Mm -hmm. Um, that game was unbelievable. That game was unbelievable. And they can blame the refs, uh, all they want, but they had 21 turnovers to our seven. Yep. Um, you know, we both made seven threes. We had the same uh, field goal percentage. We, but we, we, you no, know, we had we had something that they didn't have. You no, know, Shane Battier. Yeah, yeah. No, Shane Battier
0: put he put Lonnie Baxter in the torture chamber in that second half. Man, it was like play after play, block shot, taking a charge, block shot, fouling him out. Like Boozer fouled him out, but it was like man, like <laughs> like I, I always said it after the game. I know Battier lived in Lonnie Baxter's nightmares for at least a year until they went and won the title of next season because. He, he was, he absolutely, Lonnie Baxter was a good player, man. He was a really, really he good player. very and, good player. And Shane just, you know, he, he had his way with him that second half.
1: Yeah. And, and it's what I actually always go back to is the fact that we really played a six-man rotation. Casey yeah. Sanders played a hair, but uh, we really played a six-man rotation that year. Yeah. Um, and Maryland played 10 guys. Like they, mm-hmm. they went 10 deep. You know, Chris Wilcox was in the 10th man, yep. I mean, which is Shane, you know, um. I thought that
0: Gary Williams made a mistake not playing Mike Martisich more, especially in that second half, because that dude all he season going. he was killing Duke. Yeah. All season he Mike I mean, Martisich had, had his way down low, man. He was too big. Yeah,
1: yeah he yeah, he he pause. Uh, but yeah, he, he <laughs> you know, he was playing now, he played great against us and, and honestly Lonnie Baxter during that game played twenty five minutes, but he was only two for ten. Mm-hmm. Um and, and you know, Martisich he played twelve was three or four. Yep, you know, he, Josh Olden yeah, yeah, had yeah, a good game. Like was, those, those yeah, centers Josh gave us problems. Yep, fucking Danny Miller. Uh, <laughs> you know, just guys that you remember. But you yep. know, Juan Dixon, like that was kind of you know, you know, Juan Dixon didn't shoot great there, but he made some timely threes. Dude, his first half uh, was
0: amazing. And,
1: and yeah, but I mean, and then yeah, Steve Blake who was playing basically cuss, which probably made him smarter. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, but and, and Jay Williams didn't have a great game. Uh, yeah, you know, seven no, nineteen. He was only one of nine from three mm-hmm. um but it was it was shane Battier and and, and, and yeah. shout out to Boos because booze yeah. oh you no know, he yeah. was, he only had eight shots, but he made seven of them, and he mm-hmm. made some phenomenal post moves. If you go back oh and watch God. that tonight i mean <laughs> it was, good. It was unreal, man yeah
0: yeah um, no there there were things he was the one that I was going to the court the next day trying to trying to practice and 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 emulate because it was just – his footwork in the post was impeccable. And that's – I mean, obviously you could see what it did for him in his, in his pro career was just you know, being an undersized center. He was still able to do some of that stuff in, in the pros. it was like, dude, he was so good, man.
1: Yeah, well, it was it was just a phenomenal game. Uh, it's a phenomenal memory. So every time mm-hmm. we come back during the off season, we're going to have must- – Favorite well, again, thing
0: we'll before you finish, my favorite yeah. thing, my favorite thing, and Jay Jason Williams beat to beat me to it on Twitter because I wanted I wanted to say it on Twitter before he did. Favorite thing ever was when at the end of the game, after that last seal, when they walk he's walking back over the bench to the handshake line, he throws the ball at Terrence Morris. I was
1: like, yo, <laughs> that was just such dude. That was an F you. Like, well, oh Jason God. Uh, Williams was just a dick. You know, yes, uh, and I mean, we need uh, that back. I oh, was, my God, we need that back. Uh, do you remember when he got a tackle because pretending you know, to throw the ball? You know, it was at it was, it was Cameron. I can't remember who we were playing. It might have been Marilyn, but he's, like, you know, pretending to, like, throw the ball at him as the seconds are winding down, and then just trying to get the hell out of the gym. and like, oh like my God, what game was that? Yes. And, uh, yeah, uh, but whatever. <laughs> Dude, but, yeah, I love so, it. Either, I love it. Either way, uh we're going to be talking about, you know, some of our favorite games throughout the offseason. And then a big segment coming up is we want to get your voicemails. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your questions, whether it is Duke history questions, whether it's Duke recruiting questions, this upcoming season questions, Coach K's future questions, whatever it is that's on your mind. If you just want to give a shout-out and say, hey, thanks, Roy for retiring. That's (laughs) fine, too. We're going to play your voicemails. On the podcast, it's just more work for AC to edit. I love it. The um, <laughs> more work that he has to do this off season, the better. But oh, uh, yeah. we appreciate you guys. Uh, we're going to be here the entire off season. We're not going anywhere. Toby didn't kill us, and they tried. They tried. <laughs> then and and by the way, let's be honest. You know, we're still here. Guess who's not here anymore? though? Roy Williams. Good riddance. Bye bye. Roy Williams. Good riddance. Go Duke.
0: Go Duke. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for checking out the 5 Point Play podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also check us out on Twitter and Instagram, 5 Point Play Podcast. Let's code Duke.